You are listening to I Doubt It with me, your host, Jesse Dolliman, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Everybody, welcome to the show, episode 31. This is I Doubt It, and I am Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and across from me is the lovely and well-prepared Brittany Page. That's me. I'm super prepared. <laughs> I got books open in my lap. It is a, it's a shit show over there. Yeah. It, it is. Organization is absolutely one of your strong suits. Mm-hmm. And you, if someone was to walk in here right now mm-hmm. and make a judgment call, they would not think so. It's terrible. Oh, well, I don't have a lot of room to put Your all my area books. looks like Nebraska this week because mm-hmm. they had a lot of tornadoes. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I haven't been watching the news. The news. Because I did not understand your reference. Well, you know, sometimes that happens. So, like I said, this is episode 31 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. 657-464-7609 is the number. If you'd like to sound off, we would love... This is something I did want to talk about. I know every week we talk about rate and review the show on iTunes. But our rates, or our ratings and reviews, I guess, both, they've kind of hit the wall. They have. They stalled out. Mm-hmm. And do not make me come back there. Uh, I'm going to have to ratchet up the begging and the pleading. So and waste you... more of your time on the podcast that's, that's right. begging Listen, and not talking if, about the news. <laughs> if you, Niels, if you have already rated and reviewed the show, let's, let's just talk about reviews. If you've already reviewed the show in a non-profanity-laden manner, because that's what iTunes insists upon, uh, then why don't you try to get one of your friends to do so? Yeah, it's not good enough that you've reviewed. Now you need to get other That's people right. to I'm, review. I'm, I'm soliciting and enlisting the help of our loyal listener base. Yes, so. you love the show, so your friends will love the show too, right? That's you right. You hang out with like-minded people. It, you know what? In fact, I would take it to this level. I would like our listeners to go through their friends list and invite them to like the Facebook page. How about that? That's a great idea. That is a one because that's also stalled. That might be the greatest idea that you've ever had. Because I know we have people who listen to the show and have messaged us on the Facebook page who aren't fans of the page. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Say what? I don't understand it. That's crazy. So we've already mentioned the Facebook page. There's also Twitter. Get at us on Twitter. Ha ba da ba da. And of course, there is the awesome dollamore.com. www.dollamore.com, where you can use Amazon to buy a book or. I don't. Well, I was going to say sex toys, but. I'm not sure that Amazon sells sex toys. I'm sure they do. They have everything. 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 <laughs> they probably sell tires. You could probably buy tires off Amazon. They'll ship tires to your house. Yeah. That's probably a thing. Wow. Yeah. That, that Jeff Bezos, or whatever his name is, is quite the innovator. Must be expensive shipping, though. Be careful there. <laughs> so anyway, listen, if you'd like to support the show more than you already do, through your reviews and begging your friends to follow the Facebook page. We really would appreciate it if you're going to spend your money anyway to spend it with us at dollamore.com using the Amazon link. That is awesome. A lot to get to this week. I, I, it's uh, A lot more preparation can be done for a show when all of your normal TV isn't on the goddamn air. Yeah. Louie just ended. With Louis C.K., which is an awesome show, and if you don't watch it, something is wrong with your life. Uh, Game of Thrones just ended for the season. Mm-hmm. Mad Men is in their half-season hiatus. So is the the, the Walking Dead. Yep. Um, Veep 
just ended. Yep. Modern Family is in hiatus. All our shows. It, it, it's there's tons of time. I, I I'm. You'd think I'd be out jogging and losing weight and doing things beneficial for myself, but no, I'm pouring myself into this show. Yeah, you are. I am such a dedicated entertainer. Yeah, usually all the good TV goes away for summer. Yeah, it's shitty. But well, luckily... So maybe it's so people can get out of the house. Yeah, the, yeah. the TV <laughs> companies, they're looking out for us and our health. They're not interested yeah. in making money. There, there are a couple shows I'm looking forward to. I know there's one you're looking forward to. Yes. Nathan For You. Yes. On Comedy Central. With Nathan Fielder, who is hilarious. He is... He, he is. I, I know, and I'm going to refer back to Louis C.K., Louis C.K. has a bit where he talks about everything's, oh, it's so hilarious, and saying that we misuse that word. Brittany, in this case, is not misusing that word. He is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, and people that didn't watch the first season of Nathan For You, it's pretty much, he's like, he has a degree in business, and he comes to these businesses with new marketing ideas and tries to implement them to get them new business, and they're just ridiculous ideas. Right. And Well, one, let me just talk about one that just came to mind. One is, he wanted to spice up this haunted house. So oh, yeah. So, he... He sends these people through the ultimate haunted house, and in it, he pulls them out of the house. And he says, listen, we're sorry. We have to stop the, the tour or whatever it is. You've been exposed to the Ebola virus or yeah, something some crazy. Disease. Some crazy disease. And we need to get, get you to a hospital to get tested and quarantined right away. Yeah, and they act like it's serious, like they're going to die. So they get an actual ambulance to take them to the hospital and do the testing. And then at the end, they go, okay, well, this is the end of the haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> were you scared? How scared were you? And they rate it. It just—he's a very creative, super funny, awkward kind of dude. And for those that didn't watch the season, they probably remember the dumb Starbucks that was in the news recently. And oh, that's right. He was behind dumb Starbucks. Yeah. For his season two um, upcoming season. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Articulate. So- I thought you were going to jump on my perfectly timed and orchestrated segue where i said he's a very awkward guy oh i no i didn't do Hmm. that i'm sorry professional um jesse's looking for a new co-host so (laughs) no but i was reading a i think the new york times yes i just snorted shut up i think the new york times did a a thing on him did a thing on profile yeah and they talked about in it how people that watch the show started a website or whatever, a blog or, you know, a Tumblr or something about how they think he has Asperger's because he's so awkward the way he interacts with people that they started writing about what symptoms he exhibits that make them think he has Asperger's. Right, right. And so he found these sites and he started reading it. And not only did he think, yeah, these people might be onto something, he went and looked up Asperger's and now has started to implement all of the symptoms to make himself have more awkward interactions because he thinks it's funny. So the way I understood it, and correct me if I'm wrong, I understood it as him amping up the symptoms that he does have to make him even more prominent. You're saying now that I'm understanding that he's incorporating symptoms that he really doesn't even have to try to make his character on the show more awkward. I think it's a mixture of both. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he, Nathan for you, I think it, it, it premieres. You know, look, we're not going to fucking plug like the July show. July 2nd or we're, something. We're not, we're not getting paid by Comedy Central. Oh, I was just trying to help him out. Fuck those like guys. <laughs> If they but, want us to plug the show to the the four fans that we have who never leave us reviews or call the line 657-464-7609 or Facebook like, then uh, they have to pay. Yeah. One funny thing that he does, this just kind of explains his awkward personality, is he goes up to you know a new business customer that he's going to be giving his marketing plan to and he shakes her hand and it's really awkward and he's like oh i i like to give a a weak handshake because i like to demonstrate that i'm not a threat yeah and she just goes (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) that he's just very awkward and it's it's funny to watch yeah so check out the show it's for sure something we'll be talking about uh over the course of the next few months on the show because it's uh it's worth it indeed But, but uh 
speaking of worth it, actually, that there's no segue. That was going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm just not that good. Or maybe I'm just super fucking lazy because I haven't Looking been sleeping. Looking for a new host. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dr. Oz is in the news. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar who Dr. Oz is, he is the cardiothoracic heart surgeon, famed heart surgeon and professor of heart surgery, uh, who got a show. He has gained prominence and fame by his association with Oprah. And she got him his own show, and he's actually just recently got called to testify before Congress, I believe, about... Well, he actually ran into trouble before a Senate panel on Tuesday over his claims that certain substances can cause miracle weight loss. Now, the key word there is miracle. Yeah, miracle in quotes. That's the word he used. Miracle weight loss pills. So Dr. Oz is obviously host of the Dr. Oz show, which is on in the daytime. And he kind of got into it with lawmakers on Tuesday. Senators took every opportunity to criticize Oz for endorsing certain chemicals as easy routes to weight loss. Quote, I don't get why you need to say this stuff because you know it's not true. Senator Claire McCaskill, who is a Democrat. Democrat from Missouri. She told him in a com- in a comment typical of the hearing's tone, which was very much on his ass, yeah, I guess you could say. Well, listen, let's let's be fair. Let's be as fair to this dick face as we can. And that's not really even a fair way to say it. But uh, they're antagonistic almost always in congressional hearings. So, yeah. Lawmakers are taking an interest in diet fads after a string of actions by the Federal Trade Commission against fraudulent players in the industry. The Federal Trade Commission is currently suing a Florida company that claimed its pure green coffee product would help users shed 20 pounds in four weeks. Mm-hmm. The campaign used footage from Oz's show where he discussed the alleged benefits of green coffee extract. Oz, a best-selling author and cardiac surgeon, acknowledged to lawmakers that he had made the FTC's job, quote, more difficult, but defended his motives. Quote, my job is to be a cheerleader for the audience when they don't think they have hope. I have things I think work for people. I want them to try them so they can feel better, so that they can do things we talk about every day on the show, like diet and exercise. When I can't use language that is flowery... That is exulting. I feel like I've been disenfranchised. I also, I want to say something else that he said here. Yeah, yeah. He actually, interestingly enough, admitted that a lot of the things that he talks about or these diet fads that he talks about don't have the scientific backing that they should. For someone that's a doctor promoting the items... He admitted that. He says, quote, I recognize they don't have the scientific muster to present as fact, but nevertheless, I would give them, I would give my audience the advice I give my family all the time, and I have given my family these products. That that doesn't, first of all, um, one of the studies that was brought to bear in the committee hearing that Claire McCaskill, Senator McCaskill, brought forth was a, a study in India that involved 16 people and the author of the study was paid by the company to do the study. And yeah. that's one of the studies that he had touted as being positive in in support of the green coffee pills. Well, he actually, McCaskill called attention to a 2012 segment in which Dr. Oz called the green coffee extract a, quote, magic weight loss cure for every body type. Right. Well, he also used the term lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And Claire McCaskill was not messing around. She said, quote, the scientific community is almost monolithically against you in terms of the efficacy of the three products you called miracles. I mean, she just laid it all out. There you go. The scientific community does not back you. Well, there's we could go on about this specific product that he is in a little hot water over. But it's not even what I want to talk about relative to him. Because he is a charlatan. He's, well, I don't know. I wouldn't say charlatan necessarily. Although I do believe he profits from, because he's very popular because of the dumb shit he says. So he does profit from it. So yeah, it's dishonest. I think uh, he's a charlatan. 
I will I will stand by that. You just went through all of the reasoning out yeah, loud, and just, we got to follow that path with you. Right. That was really I just, great. I just changed my own fucking mind, so good to go. Um, James Randi right now is on a on a tour promoting his the the documentary about him called An Honest Liar that's in the Tribeca Film Festival, and I have got a clip of him talking about they they happened to this was all going on when he was being interviewed, so they. They asked him a few questions about it, and this is James, a little clip of James Randi. And uh, Oprah, as I said, accepts anything that sounds good and that she would like to have be true. And she has endorsed people. She even bought Mehmet Oz, a, a cardiac surgeon of rare ability. I would trust my heart to him any time at all. Well, maybe not. I'm not sure. That. <laughs> no, I would. Really, strictly speaking, I would trust my heart to Dr. Mehmet Oz. No question of that. But when it comes to, to being reasonable, he actually has a Reiki practitioner, his wife, on the set of his operations. And you'll hear this kind of thing, and I've actually got a bit of videotape on it, where everybody stands back, and he stands back with a scalpel in his hand, and his wife, the Reiki expert, comes in and passes her hands over the body to even out the human aura, and then she goes, and she walks away. That's disturbing. It's disturbing that this guy would – we have other clips, so I'm gonna, what I'm getting ready to say will be backed up by the clips. But he's a guy who is endorsing Rike, which is complete woo-woo science. It's, it's pseudo – it's not even pseudoscience. It's just complete chicanery. Yeah, it's a form of healing which rests on the assumption that some form of energy determines our health. Right. Well, that's what they do. They put their hands over you. It's an aligning of the aura or a, a rebalancing of the aura. They don't even touch you. They just wave their hands over you. So what's alarming to me is that someone's chest is cut the fuck open on an operating table and he pauses in the mid operation to have his wife wave her Rike hands over the body, over the over the patient. To give it energy. To realign the energies. that It's completely outrageous. Yeah. The fact that he is a man of science and he is having this kind of a practice done in the midst of an operation. Having an untrained medical person in the room is alarming. Yeah, I think Reiki... Do, I don't know. Reiki, Reiki falls under the homeopathic umbrella it's you know acupuncture all those kinds of things which homeopathy has been roundly well completely debunked there's been zero documentation of any benefit or help well specifically related to this i mean nobody has been able to define or quantify what this energy is that they're talking about when they're putting their hands over whatever entity and transferring energy. It's just, what are you talking about? And how is it measured? How is it, you know? Well, there's no, there's just no science behind it at yeah. all. So here, here we'll play a couple clips. This is Dr. Oz on his show talking about um, this kind of medicine. And I'm using medicine as loosely as it can fucking be used. But I also know that for centuries, people around the world have developed alternative therapies to treat the body, mind, and the soul. For centuries, people around the world have developed alternative therapies. Well, that is true. They used to do what's called bloodletting a couple hundred years ago because they believed it, it either let the bad spirits out of you or the bad humors. It yeah. was... it's. For hundreds of years, we've done crazy, ridiculous things because we didn't understand science. Just because they've been sticking needles in people for thousands of years doesn't mean we do it today. There's lots of things that we've done even 150 or 200 years ago that we no longer do because our knowledge has increased. We are smarter. We are more aware, more scientifically aware and medically aware of what treatments are good and what treatments are bad. So for for a man of science, a cardiothoracic fucking surgeon to tout things because for centuries, oh, they heal the mind, the body, and then he says the soul. 
which is another, I don't believe we have a soul. It can't be quantified. It can't be measured. There's no way to heal the soul. There's no way to heal something that no one can really prove that you have. So uh, they go on. He's got a guest in studio, and he's talking to her about, well, they've got, there's a video, and they've got a woman from the audience sitting, and apparently she's got a headache. But he's talking to a woman who's a Rike master, and he, they kind of get into it a little bit. So today, I'm revealing my ultimate alternative medicine secrets. If you've got a medical problem you can't solve, you may find the answer in the next few minutes. Start by paying attention to this. It provides me a good segue into what I think may be ultimately the most important alternative medicine treatment of all. And we are embarking on this whole new vista of opportunities. It broadens dramatically the spectrum of where we might be able to go in our bodies. And this is the area of energy medicine. And joining me today, today is Pamela Miles. Pamela has actually been to the operating room with me where we have done Reiki. And you're a Reiki master. My, you know, my wife Lisa is Reiki master. Energy medicine, Brittany. Yeah. Energy medicine. Yeah. He also says that if you've got a medical problem that you can't solve, here's a way to do it. Here's a way if if modern Western medicine isn't able to solve your medical problem, here's what you do to do to solve it, to heal yourself. You have someone wave their hands over you and quote unquote realign and balance your aura. It, this is a medical doctor, a man of science. I'm going to say that probably 20 more times to get it through people's heads. This is completely ludicrous. The other thing I want to say before we move on is he also, in that clip, admits that that woman, this this Rike master, has been in an ER with him. And then also admits that his wife is a Rike master. That's that's what they like to be called. They they can be called... I think he's pronouncing it Reike. I mm. don't know what to do. I'm going to say Reike because that's how he's doing it. Yeah, I don't care. Um, Reike healers, but they prefer to be called masters, which mm. should all give us a little trepidation. Yeah, it's like chiropractors <laughs> who want to be called doctor. Yeah, it's a Insist little... upon be- being called doctor. Yeah. He talks to her a little bit, and while she's has her hands laid on this person like they're at a Pentecostal sermon, uh, she starts explaining a little bit about what Reike is. So when the kids get sick, uh, when I'm out of sorts, she actually comes by. I can't even tell when she's treating me. Sometimes she secretly treats me. She thinks I'm in a bad mood, and I see hands moving around. But I actually feel the heat. Um, and I, if you don't mind, maybe we can do some Reiki. And have you had Reiki therapy before? I have not. Okay, so once you try it, and as you're doing it, if you don't mind explaining, Pamela, a little bit about Reiki. Certainly. Reiki is a balancing practice. And so rather than addressing the headache or whatever else is the problem, what it does is it influences the person's overall system toward balance. And then as her system becomes more balanced, symptoms tend to fall away. Then over time, uh, for example, if, if you get headaches, you know, you may find that you get them less frequently. Do you feel anything, Delita? Well, yes, my headache's going away. Your headache's going away? Yes. And do you feel any heat? Yes. Because those are usually what I feel. I love that he's asking the leading questions. So is your headache going away? Oh, yes, my headache's going away. Oh, and are you feeling heat? Yes, yes, I'm feeling heat. Yeah, of course, because she's on TV. She's going to feel the pressure to answer a certain way. All that, too, but it's also the same fucking thing that John Edward does. Yeah. These psychics do. It's the same type of things where they're they're asking the leading questions to get the the, the positive response. Yeah. It's And the other thing I fucking love, oh, my God, it's so great, is when she's explaining Rike, she, she doesn't really explain how it works. She just says, well, it just it realigns everything, and this is, this is what it does. She had no explanation whatsoever for how it does what it does. Well, and what's concerning is that she goes, uh, it, it doesn't have to do with the headache. It has to do with something else. Like, it's not going to help the headache directly. It's going right. to do something else. And when you're talking about, you know, Western medicine that's been tested, like drugs, for example, that you could use to help a headache. And if someone asked, oh, well, how, you know, tell us how, tell us how aspirin well, works. No, if, you, <laughs> if you go to a doctor and you say, hey, uh, I've got a headache, would you rub your hands on my head or would you wave your hands over my head? He's going to say, no, but here's what I'll do. I'm going to give you an aspirin 
or this pill that's going to help your headache. And if you ask, he's not going to say, well, you know, it, it just realign, just makes it better. He, he's able to give you a quantifiable scientific explanation. I mean, what would he say if you said, what is this pill going to do for me? Well, that's the thing. It's They would tell you the pharmacokinetics and the pharmacodynamics of what the drug does. The pharmacokinetics concern the absorption, distribution, biotransformation, and excretion of drugs. So it's going to tell you exactly how the drug is going to be working in your body. Are you, for the record, is that your psychopharmacology book? Yes. <laughs> it's a textbook that I think you got an A in that class. Um, yeah. I did. So modest. Anyway, so we're reading from a... And a, a 99% on my psychopharmacology paper. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she, she, the humble Brittany Page is reading from a science textbook, a psychopharmacology textbook. This isn't just... She's not spewing these details and facts out of her ass. This is science. Well, and then the, the pharmacodynamics... They explain what concerns the biochemical and physiological effects of the drugs and their mechanism of action. So they could tell you, you know, exactly what goes on. So right. for aspirin, it is an analgesic, a pain reliever, an antipyretic, reduces fever, an anti-inflammatory, reduces swelling, and it works as a means of mechanism quite different from opiate analgesics. And it acts by blocking the production and release of prostaglandins, chemicals released by the body at sites of pain. So that's exactly what it does. It's the same thing with like antidepressant drugs. And, and I'm using, I'm not looking in a textbook. I'm just talking as a layman, a layperson. But it, it's, there are receptors in the brain and the drug will attach to those and block certain signals from going the normal way that they do and like, that's like SSRIs or selective serotonin reuptake uh, inhibitors yeah, exactly. and it's going to prevent the reuptake of serotonin so so that's so they can explain in detail scientifically what the fuck it does they don't give you this shifty sideways no real detail answer as to how it fucking works because science has drugs that actually work and waving your hands over someone doesn't work because it does nothing. He he finishes it out by talking. Uh, he just kind of it's the end of the show and he's wrapping up. And there's just one one little sound by they wanted to play. Here are the three things I want you to remember from today's show. First off, try Reiki. This alternative medicine treatment can manipulate your energy and cure what ails you. So try Reiki. This alternative medicine can realign your fucking energy and heal what ails you and so people might be wondering well what if what if these people really are feeling something what if reiki really is making a difference well placebo effect is huge and massive in everything yeah, even you, you can't count on placebo yeah but i'm saying these people that are getting a reaction right they sure. are having a placebo effect they're being told oh you will feel heat oh yeah i feel heat Oh, you, right. I'm giving you positive energy. I'm I'm giving you positive energy. Your headache should be going away. Ooh, yeah, it is yeah, going away. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that's that's how it's working. It's a placebo effect. Well, it's it's just a bummer and a lot of people would say, "Well, what's it what's it matter if, you know, that he's if he really believes this, then what's it, what's the problem with with him espousing this as medical advice?" And the problem is, well, let's put it this way. Um, Steve Jobs there is some likelihood, I don't know how great are the percentages because I'm not an oncologist, but he declined modern Western medicine for many, many months leading to his death. It wasn't until the very end when it was too late that he realized the folly of his ways and that he shouldn't have gone with homeopathic and natural these weird natural type of cures. He needed Western medicine. People say, well, you're just poisoning yourself with chemotherapy. Yeah, you're poisoning the, the 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 bad shit inside of you to kill it, and in the process, it does do damage. But at this point, scientifically, it's the best we got in a lot of cases. Yeah, where if you mix some root and some herb, 
And for you nutters out there that think smoking weed cures cancer, that there is no scientific basis for any of that. It is woo. It is pseudoscience at, at best. That is a stretch. And so. it, it is kind of a bummer because people, especially with cancer, oh, they're hey. so quick to find a cure. Yeah. Well, and... what I was going to say was I, I didn't I didn't finish that point. I just kind of rambled for a long time is the danger is if Dr. Oz is espousing these type of treatments as, as legitimate, then it might lead someone with a serious medical condition to follow Reiki or Reiki as their as their course of treatment rather than proven scientific medical treatment so it it is dangerous for him to be as a medical doctor as a man of science to be talking about these things it's it's terrible so especially because there was a conversation i was having with someone recently where it was about psychology and they had said something that was inaccurate and they likely got their information a long time ago. That was the last time that they were versed in psychology was, right. you know, several years prior to this conversation. Probably decades. And it's, not, it's a science, which means it changes. You know, in the 70s, homosexuality was in the DSM, the, diagno- the Diagnostic Statistical Manual that's used to diagnose disorders. It wasn't. It was in the DSM as a, as a psychological disorder. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean... It's a science that changes, and medical doctors, they don't just graduate from medical school, and then, all right, there you go. Everything that you were taught here in medical school is going to be the same forever, so you don't ever need to update your education. Doctors are continuously updating their education. That psychopharmacology book over there on your desk is not good in perpetuity. No. We progress as, as as, as as a species. Yeah. As an intellect, as a collective intellect, we progress and we get smarter and more, more information as more information comes available. So, Dr. Oz, shame on you and uh, your excuses before the panel were hapless and worthless. And who knows, maybe Reiki will, you know, become an official cure of something eventually <laughs> i mean you know we'll see maybe it'll cure cancer one day i mean let's mm, let's all be optimistic yeah. about about the different things that could cure cancer but until there is you know the scientific consensus we can't just start saying that these things cure cancer because it puts people's lives in danger it, it definitely does it sure does so speaking of woo peddlers i love the woo thanks james randy for the woo Deepak Chopra. I'm sure many of you are familiar with Deepak Chopra and his uh, word salad. He he always uses these weird transcendental words, then just strings all these weird words together like it's a real a real sentence. But he has issued to James Randi uh, a challenge. I mean, we've talked about the James Randi Educational Foundation challenge to to have someone come into a laboratory and prove their their psychic ability so apparently on that topic there's someone that accepts the challenge every year and attempts to win every year at like their annual meeting that they have oh really yeah huh and no one's won it yet but apparently people are trying so that's fun oh that's good but deepak um was sitting in his little study he issued this challenge this is Dr. Deepak Chopra, and I'm issuing a challenge uh, to the amazing Randy and all his colleagues as his uh, uh, so-called uh, militant atheist friends and professional debunkers. Dear Randy, before you go around debunking the so-called paranormal, please explain the so-called normal. How does electricity going into the brain become the experience of a three-dimensional world in space and time. If you can explain that, then you get a million dollars from me. Uh, Explain and solve the hard problem of consciousness in a peer-reviewed journal. Offer a theory that is falsifiable and you get the prize. So the first error 
that Deepak Chopra makes is that James Randi is not asking people who are psychic or claim paranormal abilities to explain their abilities. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. He's asking them to show their abilities. Demonstrate their abilities. Not explain how they're psychic. Yeah. But to demonstrate that they are psychic. Yeah, so Deepak Chopra is asking for a different thing than James Randi. He's asking for... More. Oh, way more. To, to, to try to understand. We're not there yet. We're not there being able to do what he's asking. Well, science is working on it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, well, that's we... the great thing about science. It, we don't always have to know. It's, it's okay to say we don't know yet. Yeah. But we're fucking working on it. Yeah. <laughs> and it also it rem- kind of reminds me of the way that he's acting rather than there's this challenge that James Randi has answer for it. He's like, well, how about this? I have a better question for you. Right. Right. And it's just a very childish way of interacting. Well, he's, he also is, he's using inflammatory language, like your militant atheist group. And we could call him a a militant transcendentalist. I mean, just because you're passionate about something, don't throw around these incendiary words like militant because yeah. it's it's only meant to inflame passions it's it's shitty yeah and there was a blog on this at why evolution is true.wordpress.com and they wrote a very long thing that's really really good includes excerpts from Steven Pinker on consciousness and kind of what he has had to say about it yeah and just where Deepak Chopra goes wrong and I mean, I think most people agree that he kind of embarrassed himself here. <laughs> well, let's let's just for the sake of of fairness, we wanted to present the Deepak Chopra challenge for anybody who wants to earn a million dollars, who's super fucking smart and ahead of the curve. Yeah. And uh, you know, we we put out the James Randi, and we wanted to do that. I'd love I'd love Deepak Chopra though. He's a he's such, and I'm saying that facetiously because I think he's a turd, but he's such a he uses like uh you can explain the the the, two d- the 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 consciousness and comes into a three dimensional world and the the cycles of the being and the but it's but crazy guy and the in the time and the karma and the, we have good consciousness and it's, you are extremely racist. It's an Indian accent. It's I'm not kidding. racist. I'm kidding. I'm just doing to you what everyone does to John Stewart when oh, he does all yeah, his voices. Not, if he listen. If he was Indian and didn't have an accent and I did the accent, that might be racist. If he was Dinesh D'Souza and I was going, I hate Obama, crazy guy, that would be racist. (laughs) That would be racist because he doesn't have that accent. But I'm doing the Deepak Chopra accent. Yeah. Or the best that I can. (laughs) No, it was really good, I thought. It sounded just like him. I thought he was here in the room with me. (laughs) Yes. And I was... I had my my, my bedazzled it. glasses on when I did it because you know he always wears those bedazzled. He does. Oh my god, his his eyeglasses that he wears, that like Ed like, Hardy. Like yeah, like diamond studded on the side. Oh, except and, for they're real. I don't know. He's worth eighty million dollars. Wow. God damn. That's what Howard Stern makes every year. He's another turd like Doctor Oz. He is. He, Deepak Chopra is um, a heart. He's a, a medical doctor, and mm-hmm. I think a heart doctor. I think he is a, a cardiovascular specialist. But what I love about him, like I said, is the words the words that he throws around. He just tosses words just like it's like he's reaching into a fucking grab bag and pulling out words and stringing them into a sentence. Yeah, there's actually wisdomofchopra.com. <laughs> Which is a a random quote generator, except for it's not Are you real. Me? It's not real quotes because they they say it has been said by some that the thoughts and tweets of Deepak Chopra are in are indistinguishable from a set of profound sounding words put together in a random order. Okay, so they're saying he just puts words together like you said. Okay, here, here, and I- and this site. Um, test that claim here's what i want to do by creating quotes that are generated from a list of words that can be found in his twitter stream okay here's what we're gonna do type in there find find some quotes some actual quotes from deepak chopra type in there 
They've opened it in little tubes. The information will come out in the tubes. Look in there, find some actual quotes, and then read some from the from the quote generator. And let's see if I can guess what's what. Okay. Okay. Are you here, ready? Here we go. Okay. Research has shown that the best way to be happy is to make each day happy. I'd, I'd got to say that's a quote generator one. That is a real quote. That's real? That is a real quote. The, the way to make yourself happy is to make your day no, happy? No, 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 no. Research has shown. Oh, research has shown. That the best way to be happy is to make each day happy. Wow. God Re- damn. Research has shown. That's a real quote. Yeah, that's a real quote. Wow. Science. Okay. Research. Data. Are we ready for the next one? Yes. Nature meditates on unparalleled love. That's real. That is fake. <laughs> that's that's sound. That's from the website. Uh, yeah, that is from <laughs> wisdomofchopra.com, the fake quote generator. Indeed, it is. Oh my god, this is the greatest game in the world. Mm-hmm. We might not just do. We might. We're gonna change the name of the show, and this is what we're gonna do from now on. Yeah, who who would have thought, right? All right, give me give me another one. Let's do another one. The invisible is a reflection of intricate experiences. I would say that's real. That is fake. Oh, goddamn, really? Yeah. I really thought that was real. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, wow. The invisible is a reflection of intricate experiences. Wow. That's profound and meaningless. What does that mean? It, that actually could be a quote from this this goofball. Yeah. All right. Give me another one. The way you think, the way you behave, the way you eat can influence your life by 30 to 50 years. That's got to be fake because it did it structurally it wasn't even right. You are doing terrible at this game. That one's real. That is real. Yeah. Can influence your life by 30 years. That doesn't even make sense. I know it doesn't. I don't know if he I don't know. Of course, it can influence your life, but it must be the language. It must be the language barrier. Crazy influence eating lots of good, good food. Mm-hmm. Ah, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, Apu. Karma, when properly understood, is just the mechanics through which consciousness manifests. Fake. That is real. Fucking no. Yes. I think you're fucking with me now. No, I'm being serious. That was a real one. You're just <laughs> terrible at this game. I bet everyone else is doing better than you right I, now. Okay, that's a good challenge. I hope everybody's keeping score. I would like for everybody to at least, whether you tweet us or get us on the Facebook page, let us know how you did. You don't have to give us an exact score, but just give us a general idea how you did. Keep going. I want another one. The Web of Life is mirrored in self-righteous truth. Fake. That is fake. Oh, I was going to say real. Really? Yes. So you went with your opposite instinct? Yes, I went with the opposite. Okay. Well, apparently that's what you need to do going forward, so keep that up. That's a great strategy. Okay. Meditation makes the entire nervous system go into a field of coherence. Fake. That one is real. Ugh. You didn't want it to be real. Is that why? I don't know. I, I'm I'm very confused right now. I feel like going, when I, we're done, I'm going to go find a shower and curl up in the fetal position and suck my thumb because <laughs> I feel dirty right now. Oh. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for another one? All right. The ego. Let's do two more. Okay. The ego unfolds through subjective morality. I'm sorry mortality all right repeat it now because now i'm not you you fucked up my chi my flow the ego my aura is out of balance okay i'll perform some reiki real quick because i'm sure i can do it better than any reiki master the ego unfolds through subjective mortality real that is fake i fucking i'm terrible if i had to earn money playing this game if this if this game was Jeopardy, I would be I would not be Jeopardy Julia. Okay, well this is the point of 
of this exercise, which I think is the point of this quote generator, is that we're reading both the real quotes and the fake quotes, and honestly, they're indistinguishable to me. I've got a couple. I've won- I've gotten a couple right. You got one right. Oh. <sighs> and all right, now let's do one more. Karma is only in space, time, and causality. Your real self resides non-locally. Fucking fake. It has has to be fake. That's real. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so that's the point of this, is that these these fake quotes are random words just strung together, and you can't differentiate that from his real quotes. Right, do this. And that's gonna, disturbing. We're going to wrap this up with the, the idiot Deepak Chopra quotes, but do this for me. Uh, read three fakes in a row, and let's see. Existence is inherent in irrational joy. <laughs> That's a fake one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Goddamn. See, that could have been real. That could have been one of the dumbass things he says. All right. L- second to last. Orderliness is the foundation of unbridled creativity. <laughs> oh, my God. million, everybody. (laughs) Everything fears deep force fields. (laughs) Well, we're laughing, but at least it's fake. Yeah, at least it's fake. But it could very well be real. That is the point. $80 million, everybody. Yeah. Deepak Chopra. It's a good Good, time. Good job. Disappointing. All right. Well... Your in, performance, disappointing. In, <laughs> well, that's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> so, uh, uh, in other news, we got uh, pole dancing children in Florida. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't in Florida, although you think it would be, pole dancing children. It was in London, England. Are you kidding me? No. I'm getting everything wrong today. Yeah, you are. Holy shit. We're supposed to be a factual show. <laughs> Apparently, you forgot about that. Well, we're talking about Dr. Oz and Deepak Chopra. We're not that factual. That's true. Parents of children at a primary school in the suburbs of London, England, are complaining after they were treated to a pole dancing exhibition at a school fair. A four-year-old girl participated in the pole dancing festivities at the primary school. Other performers ranged in age up to 12. A lot of people were upset about it. A father who, who endured the pole dancing routine stated, They were performing a routine to music in, an, in inappropriate clothing, and they had children doing it, and I just thought, this is so wrong, said the father. Parents were especially peeved at how scantily clad the little girls were. Quote, If it was just a leotard, fair enough, but for what they were wearing and having their faces made up, it just wasn't right, the unidentified father said. I feel like I was entering something quite unsavory. The mad dad said he and other parents ended up leaving in protest. Quote, we had the dance company come along and they were involved in aerial skills and it's run by someone in our community, the school official said. I'm surprised he didn't blame it on Florida. <laughs> yeah. Quote, there was one performance by the teacher and some by the children, the school official added. Wait, one pole dance was performed by the teacher? They didn't say if it was a pole dance, just a performance. A performance. So, so I don't mm. know. Let's, let's hope that it wasn't. It's great for the children to keep fit, and it's fun as well. Yeah, great job, school official. The pole dancing songs... Included a melody from The Lion King. Oh, I thought you were going to say Motley Crue. And, (laughs) oh my God, that would have been terrible. A 12-year-old girl staged a solo routine to Holding Out for a Hero, the 1984 Footloose gem by Bonnie Tyler. Wow. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Seriously, that teacher is probably either from Florida or her descendants are. So who would think it's a good idea? I mean, obviously, someone from Florida. But who would think it's a good idea to have little kids pole dancing and well, dressed scantily clad? That's the problem for me in wearing makeup and shit. The problem for me isn't really the pole dancing thing because it's kind of beca- – I mean, it's a problem. Don't get me wrong. But it, I could see how someone kind of stupid could make <laughs> the assertion that it's not bad because – they teach exercise classes of of pole dancing and stuff because it, it is relatively athletic and all that. But th- the problem comes into where they don't make the connection between stripper 
and and a you know a, a child wearing goddamn makeup and doing sexy dances to you know Timon and Pumbaa singing. Yeah, that's the thing. The school official that tried to defend it, saying that the the dance company came in and they were involved in aerial skills and all this. The dance company is Revolution's Pole Academy, and <laughs> images at it's the not Arthur Murray. <laughs> yeah, images at the company's website show women dancing on a vertical metal pole as impressively as any stripper. So mm. you know, it's not like a classy dance company coming in you know teaching them ballet way to go london well that is disturbing london getting it done yep getting it done taking care of biz (laughs) so a few months ago some of you may remember this little story And listen to this remarkable story. Talk about divine intervention. An Ohio bus driver is thanking the word of God for saving his life when his bus broke down and he was brutally attacked. Listen to this. Well, that is 49. He's 49 years old and he was screaming as three teenagers shot him. Two of the bullets were blocked by his Bible that he wore in the front chest pocket of his shirt. He was then able to fight off the attackers and then call 911. Listen. I just looked at the chest. It just feels like I've been hit with a sledgehammer. I've got the book in my pocket, and I don't think they made it through this book. There was obviously uh, some kind of intervention involved in this uh, incident because uh, uh, he he probably should not be here. Isn't that just amazing? Police are still searching for the suspects. Well, there is new news. New news. News. About this particular guy who was attacked by three blacks. Yeah, Ricky Wagoner, 49 years old, is apparently a liar. (laughs) So... He told the cops that the two bullets struck a copy of The Message, a contemporary take on the New Testament that he had in his chest pocket. But now cops think that he staged the attack, shooting himself in the arm and placing the Bible-like book on the asphalt before pumping two slugs into it. Amazing. I mean, not really amazing. It's not really even shocking. It's... It's tragic. I'd like to know what his motivations are. Obviously, some kind of proselytizing. I think so. I think it's it's one of those deals where I was actually just writing down notes as you were reading that, thinking of what what is his motivation? And it, it has to be, you know, in the Old Testament, there's all, in the Bible, there's all kinds of miracles. Dudes talking to bushes, living in the belly of a fish for a long time. I mean, the dead rising and living and talking kinds of crazy shit went on yeah you know or purportedly went on so we don't see all that anymore and he's trying to come up with something to save the souls and it's kind of a the ends justify the means i'm sure in his mind he justified this lie and the racial kind of undertones he's blaming black kids and yeah, three black teens in hoodies. He said their faces were covered by bandanas. Yeah, this is post uh, Trayvon Martin, too. So he's running with the hoodie theme. Yeah, the stab wounds on his arms were not defensive wounds expected of someone fighting off an attacker, cops said at a news conference, but rather hesitation wounds inflicted by a person stabbing themselves. Right. Isn't right. it interesting? They can tell the difference between those things. I think that's really cool. I remember during the O.J. Simpson debacle that the cops were saying that the manner and the violent nature with which Nicole Brown Simpson was murdered was indicative of someone who was off the deep end and kind of a, a psychopath because it a normal person can't plunge a knife into someone. It's always kind of a superficial stab wound because it takes an extra crazy asshole to, to plunge a knife deep into someone. Yeah, and that's actually what he claims that he did. Further investigation turned up only his DNA and blood at the scene, despite his claim that he'd wrestled away the knife and stabbed one of his attackers. Right. Yeah. So and the, He wasn't counting on science and forensics. Yeah. <laughs> and a blue bandana found at the scene turned up only dog hairs, police said. Ugh. I wonder if the dog hairs belonged to his dog. Terrible. 
Surveillance video from the bus catches the sound of five different gunshots, though Wagoner says only three were fired. One is fired, then several seconds elapse before four shots, four shots in rapid succession are let off. A groaning and screaming Wagoner is heard on the surveillance tape, but cops said that on the 911 call, the 320-pound man did not appear winded, despite his claims that he'd fought for his life. Right. Let he's, me tell you something. He's a big guy. I'm not 320 pounds, but I'm I'm 270 pounds on a normal day. On a good day, I'm 265. So I I, I get that. That is a concern. I can't wrestle you and not be winded. I can't imagine wrestling three teenagers who are trying to murder me <laughs> and not be winded. Yeah, that would be an intense situation. The other thing I love about the story, and it really has nothing to do with him, it's the Fox coverage of it. It's the very beginning of how she intros the story. And listen to this remarkable story. Talk about divine intervention. An Ohio bus driver is thanking the word of God for saving his life. Thanking the word of God. For saving his life. Just, ugh. Just such, <laughs> goddamn, unbelievable. So, another unbelievable thing. Here is, that's a great segue there. Uh, there. There was just released new stats on interracial marriages versus gay marriage. Or how what people's attitudes were toward those two things. Isn't that right? Yeah, I think they just looked back on the statistics because just like they survey what people's feelings are now, they were doing that back in the, you know, 1950s. And mm -hmm. they were asking if, you know, back then, do you approve or disapprove of marriage between blacks and whites? And it's actually funny. In 1958, the wording was marriage between white and colored people. Mm -hmm. From 1968 to 1978, the wording was marriages between whites and non-whites. It's just funny how l the right. language evolves. So, well, it's, I don't know that language, I mean, obviously language does evolve, but it's people's weirdo sensibilities. They, those evolve. Yeah. So what's interesting about comparing the data of same-sex marriage and interracial marriage approval is more Americans favor legalization of same-sex marriage now, 54%, than approved of interracial marriage in 1994. Yeah, I was shocked. 48%. When you asked me to guess the percentage in 1994, I guessed, I guessed high or I guessed low, thinking it was going to be like a tricky question. Yeah. And I didn't guess low enough. Unbelievable. Yeah, 48% in 1994 approved of marriage between blacks and whites. I think I guess 65 thinking, oh, yeah, there's no way that it's actually. Yeah, and it actually didn't get to 65 until it looks like 2003, 2002. It's shocking to me. And in 2013, it was 87%. So it's still, still not 100%. 13% of our country are unmitigating assholes backward hillbillies you know at least they feel like they can be honest on the survey yeah well that's they, nice they, they, silver lining allows us to get um you know <laughs> accurate information that's I, helpful i guess i guess but that's that's pretty disturbing it's very but disturbing. It, it's also good because we've made a lot of progress we've with the gay marriage. Well, I think that gay... In a, the, a short amount of time. I think that the gay marriage issue and the rapidness with which we've come around on it as a society is going to benefit us in many other ways. That once we, once we realize and we come around on um, that it's okay and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it and it is a civil right, I think that it'll go a long way toward improving even race relations in our country. Because it's, it's just instilling rationality and reason into our collective society. Or does that sound like something that uh, Deepak Chopra would say? <laughs> Actually, that direct quote came from oh, the quote generator. So, wow. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, so we're, we're getting there. Little by little, we're getting there. We are. And with that... With us getting there, we have gotten there. We are at the end. We are going to wrap this up. We want to thank you for tuning in to episode 31. 
if you'd like to sound off on something you heard on the show and have your voicemail incorporated, 657-464-7609, please review us on iTunes. We would love to be back into that new and noteworthy section. Um, we have a Facebook page that we would love to interact with you on. Twitter is always an option. And dollamore.com has a wonderful option for you to buy a book or a stripper pole to have your kids practice on and do shows for the neighborhood. So holding that's out a, for a hero. Yeah, holding, holding out for a hero till the end of the night. Mm -hmm. So we're going to wrap it up with that. We really appreciate you listening, every single one of you. Tell your friends and neighbors, let's build an army here, one listener at a time, all because of you. We love you. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. <laughs>